Are you a leader in customer success, pre-sales, professional services, support? Do you work behind the scenes and roll up your sleeves to make sure that customers are happy? Renew. Then this is for you. Welcome to the GSD Podcast. Welcome to the GSD Podcast. Getting it done. Services, success, and software. We'll talk with the pros that have been in the trenches, getting service teams off the ground, launching new types of groups to service customers, or running agencies that don't have a product attached to it. For the pros, by the pros. This is the GSD Podcast, and this is your host, Jeff Kushmerick. All right. So I'm here with Bern Risley, who I met on LinkedIn. I actually had posted, uh, I believe it was my interview with Christy, like an interview, like some big interview. I did a podcast with Christy Feltzer <laughs> and, um, and you were just like, we were like, boom, with some comments. And then uh, I was, you know, I looked at your background and I was, I really liked how you had made a transition from being a heavy hitter in sales, like heavy president's club, all that fun stuff. Right. Um, which we don't have to get into president's club and what happens down there. But, um, uh, <laughs> from what I've heard, it's a lot of strategic planning, but, uh, I, I just, when we started talking as I was like, Hey, I'm always looking for podcast guests that aren't in my network. I laugh because I'm like, I swear to God, if people hear me talking with another person from Indeca or Oracle, they'll be like, you know, hey, how about that time we did X? People are just going to just never listen, right? But it's just great to talk with people who have these different perspectives. Um, I love to be proven wrong and all these other things. So, um, and I just said, hey, what would you like to talk about, right? So today, Bern's going to talk to us about um, basically using, I'll say, the good sales tactics to be a better CSM, right? So welcome. Thanks for coming on board. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for having it. Like, and just a note, like we we did a little pre-game, we did a pre-meeting like two weeks ago and should have recorded that because we got really into it, but I took some notes (laughs) and um, you've got two people that can talk a lot. So we're going to try and keep this on track here, but um, let's talk about just, you know, we're not doing the whole autobiographical thing, but just give a, a couple of quick hit points on your sales background and yeah. um, and some of the things you, and then we'll get to taking some of those learnings and apply it to CS. Yeah, you're also sure. a big CS leader as well too. So I'm just, just for everybody listening, like, like she has done this. This is not like a theory. <laughs> <laughs> An illusion. Yeah. Now, so I, um, I've been in sales for a very long time, but I started um, in tech SaaS sales in the late 90s, right after the Telecom Act of 1996. And there was a solution for the industry called Telecom Expense Management. So it was a long run. So and kind of stayed in that industry for some time. Um, It was a monopoly. So why wouldn't you, right? Like, so. And (laughs) funny enough, I'm, you know, I'm surprised it still is. (laughs) Um, So good for them. Uh, and then, you know, it, it, it just um, became apparent that, you know, tech and SaaS, you know, technology sales and, you know, getting into that SaaS industry was really where, where the, the market, you know, was heading towards. And uh, a big change happened when I got into IBM and we, we yep. can talk into that. But as far as my sales background, yes, I, 
I kind of went after the elephants. I kind of landed them. I had a great territory. New York City Metro, Westchester, Long Island. A, a good patch, as they say in sales. Yeah. Terms. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> people probably would have paid a million dollars for yeah. my patch. So, <laughs> you know, it was um, it was a lot of fun. It was good. That's time. awesome. That's awesome. And so talk about how you and uh, remind me, because I love the story, how you sort of transitioned from sales. You're trying mm -hmm. some new stuff out. Sales can be pretty good burnout and everything. So as you started evolve, I think it's proper to say we, we, you kind of evolved into the sort of CS because CS wasn't even really a thing at the time. Yeah, no, it wasn't really a thing at all. And um, there were just some things within IBM where IBM was trying to figure stuff out. Um, it, I think over a course of maybe a quarter, they had scooped up about 25 SAS, different SaaS companies. Oh yeah, and, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. like a big placemat. You'd look down and see all the things that the, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they had all kinds of stuff that, Everything. you know, <laughs> you know, that cleaned your, you know, living room or something, whatever. I mean, they um, had all kinds and, of different- In the Weather Channel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Makes so and much sense. I know, I, I was uh, I was amazed, but I, I just got very curious. And so I, I sort of, um, you know, found my way outside of, you know, my little silo because yep. we were purchased by IBM. That's how we, we became yep. IBMers and went into kind of mainstream and got very familiar with some folks that were building a brand new team called, you know, the Cloud Academy, Cloud oh, Team, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Yep. And um, and I, I, I became part of that. I, I showed them some of the things that I did from a metric standpoint, and they were interested in what I was doing. And we... Um, we, you know, they kind of brought me into that kind of family and I started to do a lot of presentations and uh, got connected with how they wanted to roll this out and um, started to mentor and, um, and, and was IBM. Oh, sorry. You were about to say something. I just jumped right yeah, over. You. Was IBM still doing on premise or were they had they started moving into SaaS at this point in time? So they still had a, a huge on-premise yeah. uh, business. Yeah. So, I mean, this, this part where they sort of bought all these SaaS companies um, was a way for them to, con to be competitive or to, or to understand uh, how they needed to move to cloud. Yep. And, um, and when, when all that happened, they had to obviously change a lot of other things, revenue models, people yep. model, things like that. And so for people who are familiar with IBM, everybody had like some acronym that was their title. So it was SCL and CE oh, and stuff right. like that. And, and so the lower level was considered a CE, which is a client executive. Okay. And one day, you know, it was Ginny Rometty's team woke up and said, hey, if you're a CE, you're not that anymore. You're going to be a customer success manager. And there was a lot of ambiguity on what that meant and what their new job was. And so what I was able to do is get familiar with how these people could be trained up in understanding what that post sale looks like from a from in, in a SaaS world. Yeah. And um and I did that, created a global mentorship program with directors and you know managers and um and and filtered that down to the folks that really needed that help. Awesome. Oh well thanks for the background. I appreciate it. Um, so, uh, when we were chatting, um, we really got into like using sales tactics and when I say tactics, I don't mean like the sneaky stuff either. Right. Like it's not, <laughs> well, we can talk about that if you want. <laughs> well, uh, today's the 29th. Here's a discount. 
And uh, but you get a sign by the thirty or, th- or the right, price right, goes right, up. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, actually exactly. just heard that. Yeah. Just literally heard that about two hours ago. Uh, so, <laughs> um, but we're talking about um, really just approaching it almost like with, with a different business lens, right? Uh, you know, um, I could very much throw a generalized statement out there um, that you know CS people they don't like to think in these types of business terms. I always say they're huggers. They don't want to put the business relationship in front of people. Now, um, a lot of people are, they're, they're really reacting like, oh my God, I got to kind of watch revenue and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get into some of these sales, uh, like best practices and how to apply those to, um, to, to CS. I think the first item we talked about for a really long time was on forecasting. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So, you know, uh, let me just go a little quick story back on the IBM. So when I transitioned and I was reporting to say, you know, the account management side of the house, um, the one thing that, and I was, the one thing that my boss used to say to me is like, burn, you're going to have to get rid of the sales hat. (laughs) Why? Why? And apparently, you know, if you're a salesperson, it, it's it's almost impossible. I mean, it for me anyway. I mean, I'm a salesperson at, at you know, my nature is to make sure that, you know, we have this relationship. I can still sell you more. So that's just the way I am. Yep. But as much as he said that and as little as we all knew about customer success, that's exactly what customer success needs. Oh, how dare you? How how dare you? It does need a little sales hat (laughs) in the process. Oh, absolutely. If you talk about, yeah, if you talk about best practices, really, truly understanding what that sales process is, not from the initial sale, but what the job is of the customer success manager and how they strategically can fulfill that out, you know, so, and not to get all mixed up here, but why not? Um, to do the reverse, it's it's yeah. not happening today, and it needs to happen where the sales team understands this incredible amount of data that they can access from their customer success manager to help them sell better to their customers, to help them sell more of a story and yeah. not more of you know a land. They need to sell the story. Um, and, and, and so as a best practice, you know, would I shy away from not hiring someone because they don't have a sales background? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Because it's not someone that I need to go land the elephants, like, you know, city right. of New York and JP Morgan Chase. No, I need someone to recognize, you know, the, the points at which a customer will be able to expand and buy more. Yeah. And that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. And one of the things we talked about, because when we're getting into forecasting and some of the things I came away is is I see a lot of people like, okay, Q4 starts. Oh my God. Let's see. To to work backwards, December, November, October, right? So I'm going to focus on my October customers in October, right? But the sales, right? is not like that. You kind of view things out on a multi-quarter sort of lens, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So that, that really does segue very nicely because we just talked about customer success managers understanding or recognizing when a customer needs to expand or when they should expand or when they are going to expand, right? And so 
I taught every team that I led how to forecast. And what I mean by that is if I'm at the beginning of Q1, yeah. right? Right. My team should be able to tell me in that quarter. So there, so this prior work to be done, but in yeah. the quarter, burn, here's who, here are the, co the companies that are going to be expanding. Here's, here's the revenue attached to that expansion. Here's the opportunity, you know, and here yeah. are the ones that are at risk. So it's a, it's a readout yeah. telling me how my revenue is going to grow in this quarter and what I need to look out for. So maybe I can mitigate any, any risk, but that tells you a couple of things. It tells you number one, my CSMs are digging deeper. They have to, because they have to report to me and tell me what they're, what these customers are doing. Right. right. So they're going to dig deeper. They're going to know more. They're going to know more what the customer is doing. And number two, they're going to be able to understand the importance of forecasting when it comes to the idea of how their business will grow. So this is a silly example, but it's one that I, I did with my team. So yeah, yeah. if I have, if I have someone who likes to come into work when we were in the in in the business of going to an office yep. and likes, you know, the lashes and all that fun stuff, including <laughs> myself. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I would say, Hey, you just opened up an amazing lash studio. I just gave you the money to do that. So I'm going to come and visit you once a quarter. And I want you to give me a readout on how your business is doing, what customers are, are recurring, which ones are coming back, which ones are one and done and why, you know, how are you building the business? So you're in charge and, yeah. you know, I'm here to support where you need help. So that that's pretty much, you know, it kind of puts them back in a seat where they feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. I have a business I can run. Yeah. I, you know, I got to versus say like, I don't know what any of my, I'm like every day, I'm just trying to figure out what to do. I'm going from fire to fire or phone call to phone call without a strategy. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it does take a, a certain level of let's call it strategy, strategy, maturity, maybe. Yeah. Understanding a lot of, you know, um, what you've done in the past. You know, I don't think you can, I think strategy grows as you mature in the business. Um, and being able to recognize some of those, some of those things that you haven't in the past and catching awesome. them early. So that's a good transition. Cause we talked about the, the, str the strategy aspect of stuff, but then there's the execution of it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so classic Northeastern, like, let's talk about getting it done. Right. Let's talk about getting it done. Oh my goodness. So, you know, it's, it, it, you know, you talk about a whiteboard and, um, there was this, this one company where we had a fishbowl and it was like the biggest, uh, conference room and it was a huge yep. fishbowl and the, and the whiteboard went from one end to the other. And it was basically, you know, how it was going to be designed out as the customer journey, you know, that stayed on there for like three years. Nobody could <laughs> ever erase that customer journey because God forbid, yeah. we didn't know what to do next. Um, that's. <laughs> That's really, it's, it's partially a joke, but, but primarily it's true. Um, you know what it is? You can have tools in place. You can have great CSMs, right? A playbook 
a strategy, whatever it is, it has to, you have to really teach your team what execution means and why it's so important. Yep. So when you have, you know, when you have onboarding, right? Mm -hmm. It's probably the most important area where execution, you know, is needed and required based on maybe the customer's timelines, based on timelines where resources are available for that customer versus, you know, coming on down the line, like how yep. many times, right? Have you seen where a customer's not onboarded for six weeks? Why? Oh, well, I don't have anybody on board then. We don't have anybody on implementation and we're all backed up, yeah. right? So, <laughs> so it's really, it really, it really gets to be very tricky. Um, I think what I would see, what I would want to hear if I were interviewing someone knowing that they're not just a transactional kind of person is to really understand a story on how they actually executed and created an impact both for the business and for the customer. So how did that work and why was it so important? How do you carry that out in your everyday, you know, um, portfolio? Yeah. Yeah. Just that, that's the actually understanding what the customer is trying to do and then be able to map back what your technology does to allow them to do it. And then to keep telling them that too, right? Like, it's not just like, Oh, okay, great. We turn that on. That's good. It's like, Hey, remember that thing we talked about two months ago? Here's a report on how you guys are doing with that now. Like, oh, exactly. great. And don't wait for your three-month QBR to do that. Send a loom, some, send something fast over. Yeah, it's a different subject for a different day and things like that. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, just one quick thing. I mean, no, obviously, no, the, the we, all, we, all know, we all yeah. know QBR, you know, took a hit. I mean, oh, but I mean, yeah. Here, here's what I say. Here's, here's what, here's why I believe. Oh, I'm still a fan of them, yeah. as in, like, I, something, yeah. I'm a fan where, where it sense. lives very comfortably in in a certain area, and I think where it lives comfortably is when you have several products, right? And you, you have a company that has, you know, many different types of products, and you know, maybe, maybe different people who are managing that you might like i know that there are some very large te tech companies out there that have a ton of products and for each product you have a csm yeah so to come together once a quarter and you know very elegantly present everything in the picture of the people that need to see it at that level absolutely 100 yeah. percent. when you when you when you have you know a, a product and I'm not saying this this needs to be dumbed down in any way but when you when you need to do something like that I always look at what what did they originally want to accomplish right yeah. so what were those core objectives did we like go off track so if I'm going to do something on a quarterly basis or if I'm going to do something right after onboarding I'm going to go back to hey let's just do a review of those those original objectives take a look. Oh, and by the way, and you and I both know, Jeff, that almost on a quarterly basis, as the companies that we've worked for or the companies that we work for now, yeah. they change. Yeah. So, so the objectives are changing, right? The revenue model, everything changes. And so you want to be in a position where the people that you are working, you know, your customer, you want to make sure that they 
you have that transparency and they're telling, oh, by the way, you know, we do have this new use case and we wanted to talk to you about it, but we're going to, I want to bring it on. Let's go. Let's, yep. let's figure it out. You know, it's so important to really make sure that you're taking the customer back to that original core objective, right? Because that's where their success starts. You can grow it, but you have to know where it started and you have to make sure that the product journey and all your feedback loops are going back to the technical teams as well. Yep, absolutely. By the way, all CSMs are listening, take note. Notice how Byrne used my name when she was reporting back to me. Classic sales tactic right there. <laughs> and I, I, you, you were in full salesperson mode there for a second. You're like, hey, what's Jeff? Let's, let's take it back a little bit, right? Let's just take it back. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You're right. You can't, you can't, can't wash that sales out of you. Um, Anything else on, we, we, we talked for so long about risk and adoption and renewal and protection. Um, what, what are we missing here? Especially when, you know, churn's a big problem these days. Um, a, there's the prevention, but then there's just the like knowing about it early enough so you can do something about it, right? Yeah, yeah. So one of the things that um, I've done with the teams and also coming into a brand new company as a leader is, most of the time when a company realizes that they need customer success, it's, it's usually a, a little, a little too late. late. Yeah. yeah. You know? And so there's already a churn problem yeah. and all of a sudden you own it, you know, to some degree. Yep. Um, so in one of the companies that I worked for, what we did is we looked three quarters out. Mm -hmm. And you look, so for example, we're in November, right? So, so you're doing your Q2 work, right? You're doing your Q2, Q2 for 2023. Yeah. So say beginning of Q3, whatever is expiring in the beginning of Q3, 2023 and work your way back. So you have a better opportunity of mitigating risk for companies that aren't expiring right away. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not Just saying. Just reach out to them now. Exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. the that's the whole thing. Reach out to them now. Yeah. Right. Figure out what the process is, if there's any risk involved. And then the ones that you have, you know, within the month, within the quarter, you know, those are the ones that you're just going to have to jump through hoops and do all those things that we all know about, you know, get, give away get the your farm. execs involved, make a little mm -hmm. flight, you know, maybe yeah. get some Chick-fil-A in the airport. <laughs> <laughs> Chick-fil-A, whatever it takes, right? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, it, it, it's it's the only, and if you follow the process, it actually does work. I mean, I've seen a lot of, you know, um, percentage of points go down based on using that kind of a, a of a methodology. Yeah, and that's, a, that's that forecasting that you, I just don't see. I, I normally see CS leaders treating it on the quarter. Right. Yeah. But, um, you know, if you're doing your book of business, correct, it's kind of like in the sales strategy, it should be so natural, the renewal conversation, because you've kept it in touch with them. Um, however, you are broadcasting value, whether it's a QBR or whatever, I, I don't think we should take them away. We just need to make them better. Right. So um, but uh, people just keep getting surprised. I, I've seen customers that go in pitching a big upgrade and they get churned and they're like what happened there like you don't you don't know your customer there's no kyc going on at all so yeah, yeah. and and that's the whole thing i mean like you know we talked about earlier you know 
putting the, you know, putting the CSM, having them adopt the accountability that's required, right, to manage a book of business. Now, there's lots of things that fall in, you know, that fall into that same bucket that don't make it easy. And right. what I mean by that is, you know, they might have 40 accounts, a, yeah. li a little hard, a little hard. Yeah. Um, there may not be a digital motion at this, you know, so right. there, so a lot of the churn might be with some of the smaller customers, which, you know, in some large companies could be a million dollars or more, right. With smaller customers. So you have to kind of weigh out what is going to work for you. But I do believe that as a CSM, you need to know, you know, you need to be able to have that transparency, gain a customer's trust and find out too, that when you do or you don't get the ability to meet others like, oh, so Jeff, could you, you know, introduce me to so-and-so because yeah. what I'd really like to do is tell them what a great job you're doing. You know, why don't you bring them to the next call? Yeah. I mean, it's gotta be about them. And you have to understand, you know, it's it's all about the behavior. And when you have behavior that is not suiting you, it's still not about you, but you have to figure out a way to get around it. Yeah, no, it's, and that can be the hardest part. It's, it's I just got off a couple of those today. And they can, <laughs> they can just be hard, right? If somebody wants to- Are you I, sure it wasn't about you, Jeff? <laughs> it's all, I'm sure I did something wrong, don't get it? But like, no. you know, it was, was um, helping out one of my customers on um, sort of setting up a meeting with a very tough client and coming in and reporting to them like look at all this new sales you guys are generating a lot of business through our platform and everything and and thought we was going to be all you know unicorns and rainbows during the meeting by starting it off positive like this and then it just turned out to be like uh we can't stand using any of your reporting and like you know the types of things when you're slacking each other being like we should have invited product to this call <laughs> you know so wow. like yeah. and it just happens right and so um yeah there's your feedback loop too yeah i mean that that's so important and that really like you know it's funny it's i want to say csms you know you know that definition should should be so crisp but I'm getting away from believing a CSM is the the conductor or the CSM is the mm. is the quarterback. I don't believe that anymore. You know why? Oh, because tell me more. This isn't. I okay. This off road. You know, I love okay. this. Yeah. <laughs> if you think about a SaaS company, you know there comes a time, and you know you've seen like the bow tie model, right? So when they yep. reach a certain amount of revenue, you know you got to really start servicing and paying attention to, you know, the existing revenue and all that fun stuff. Think about it like a nervous system. Your nervous system touches every single organ in your body, right? Your nervous system, it's like a, your nervous system sends messages to every single organ in your body, right? So, so a CSM may, may execute on something, product executes on something, right. a technical engineer, and we're all connected. So we 
whatever the technical engineer does is going to affect the CSM. Mm -hmm. What product does or doesn't do is going to affect oh, yeah. the CSM, the company, the yeah. you know, the customer. It's it's all connected. So that's kind of how it needs to work. I mean, that's why, you know, you and I are talking about like the sales and CSM, they need to kind of like understand how both sides sell. We need to understand what happens when product decides not to do a feature. Or they release what, a feature that breaks. Impact, right? Or a feature, feature that, breaks. that breaks something. What's that impact? And yeah. how does it roll down? How does it affect the company? How does it affect? I'll really? tell you, it's a, it's a bad day for the CSM. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean but to I mean, laugh. I like I, CSM just, is you know. customer facing, sales is yeah. customer facing. We all yeah. get that. But you yeah. know what? The technical people, like products, the people who roll under the CTO or the CIO, yeah. they need to see that part of the business. And that's something oh, that I think uh, is just, just starting. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's exactly like I'm always trying to pull sales, uh, sorry, uh, product people onto calls, even if it's good or bad, just be on calls, hear what people's yep. feedback is and everything. And, you know, and it's a big thing in product, like, oh, you should be talking to users and this and that, but to get them to actually jump on a call sometimes, you know, it, it can be a struggle. It can be a struggle. It, yeah, it, maybe it needs to be part of their bonus. How many, how many customer calls are you on, Mr. CTO? Oh, <laughs> that's a good point. I, I used to, if I can, I always recommend this, is to um, have everybody have a pretty good sizable chunk of their uh, bonus structure be be tied back to retention mm -hmm. um, because just like the nervous system, like you were saying, I've, I've been in rooms where people were like, that's great. I would go get on that because that customer wants it, but that's not what I'm bonused about. Like flat out. Exactly. Like, they're not, they're, this is yeah, like, they're a, not like a VP of development, right? Like, sorry, that's not what I'm being asked to do. Like mm -hmm. now suddenly they're not going to be able to go to Hawaii in the wintertime because they're not going to get their bonus because their customers are all pissed off. You know, people think a little bit differently after that. So exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, revenue models and compensation models, they haven't really been looked at as much, um, you know, I'll just give you an example, like, you know, being at Citrix for five straight years and being there when they started, there wasn't, there wasn't really a big swing. You know, it, it took a while. We were still doing things the old way. We were yeah. still doing very siloed work. Um, everyone was executing, but no one was, was executing in collaboration of what the other person was doing. It was all after the fact. And um, as because nobody was really tied to the same end goal. And that's why we, we always talk about it. Like if the customer, you know, if the end goal is, is to make the customer happy, everything internally, this whole nervous system has to have the same kind of motivation, the same kind of incentive. Yeah. Um, we can't have different ones. I, another good example is um, I had the head of support um, on one of my team calls, I just mm -hmm. said, Hey, you know, I want you to come on my call. I want you to talk to my team, yep. you know, cause there was a lot of support, you know? Oh, you know, I, I think it's great. Yeah. To, I always right. had like guest speakers mm -hmm. all the time. It's, it's, mm -hmm. this is what, yeah, absolutely. And, um, I went on to say, Oh, by the way, did you know that my CSMs have a KPI for the amount of days 
they onboard a customer. And what he said was, I had no idea. Because they weren't getting to certain things that were preventing us or CSMs from moving forward, like fixing something or making a configuration that, you know, the tech couldn't do. So we had to put, you know, put it into support. And that's just communication. That's part of the nervous system. I, I think this nervous system is you're 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 looking for a mm-hmm. TED talk. There you go. It's the nervous uh, system. <laughs> <laughs> um maybe. I don't know. I have this other idea for my TED talk, but we'll see. <laughs> okay. Awesome. And I was just looking at the time. I, I I try and keep these under half an hour. So um so I'm looking through my notes. I think we covered a lot of it. Um, it's funny how I always think I'm going to go into this with some super tactical thing and it winds up always coming back to like the bigger picture, right? Like, you know, it's like, no, Jeff, you've got to open up. Yeah. Let's see. What can we dive down into? Um, I could, you know, just drop an F-bomb or something like that. Whatever you want me to do. Um, using medic to, uh, no, I'm just kidding. No, we don't want to get into that. (laughs) No, we talked, the the only other thing that I think you and I pre-talked about was, um, the creativity and the playbook. Oh yeah. No, that's super important because, because we, people can turn into robots if they're just following a playbook all the time. So I had a call with um, this one potential uh, employer, I guess. And um, and the reason for this position is because a lot of the people that reported to her were very tactical. They kind of fell into that tactical motion and they yep. needed someone to like shake things up, you know, strategy, you know, here. Here's three options. Which one do you want me to execute on? Okay, great. I got it. Consider it done. Um, You know, a couple of things with that. One is it's coachable and it's also teachable, okay? Because I was able to do that with my team. So maybe not everybody can do that. But when you give that kind of, um, you know, when you give them that room, like a CSM, to don't worry about checking the boxes in this, you know, customer success CRM. Right. I need you to create a solution because that's what the customer needs. So come back to me with what you think we can do. Get the people you need, pre- present it to me, and let's let's do it. Do you think it's because um, people are so... They've got so many customers, so they're following the play. But like, I'm wondering, I don't have actually experience in this. Maybe you, you have some, like when you're a CSM for a really large named account or something like that, where you've mm-hmm. got like, you know, some Amazon or some huge customer right. like that, um, where you're just focusing on them. Do you think that you're a little bit more creative and not just following a playbook in that sense? Yeah. I mean, the only reason why I'm saying that is because if you do have a customer like that, you're not just dealing with one person. I'm sure you're dealing oh, with yeah. a host of different teams. Yep. So the one thing that you can probably run into is exactly what we're talking about, which means that Amazon may not be a nervous system. They may not be talking to each other. They might be working as like AWS yep. and merchandising and, you know, whatever else. And, and, you know, that can also pose a problem for a very large company like that. So if if I have a CSM that says, hey, you know what, this customer needs, you know, X, Y, Z, and I can get this done if I just pull in this person. I'm like, 
do it, you know, don't worry about checking all the boxes and all the different tasks. You know, I want to see that the customer is moving down the journey and that the customer is excited and happy and will continue to buy. Yeah. So if you can do that, then great. That's you know? it. That's it right there. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Well, let's do this. Let's move over. Let's, let's get off of CS. I always like to wrap up with some fun. What's what's the winter plans now that we're waiting for the snow to arrive? What, what's the big winter initiative? The winter initiative. Um, so my initiative is to probably go to Colorado and visit my son and daughter-in-law nice. probably sometime in January again. And yep. um, and I don't know. I mean, I know. Don't let it fly. Just, that's right. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, yeah. I, I have two out of three kids yeah. are, I have to, you know, so the other one's in New York. I mean, that's really what I do. I mean, yeah. when I have time off, I go see my kids and oh, that's great. Colorado, New York. And then my, my daughter's in Asheville. Nice. Um, Good music scene. It's, it's great down there. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's beautiful. They live literally right in the mountains. I mean, it's, oh, it's so I actually have not been there. It's, it's on the list. Now that my kids are getting a little older, we can, we can make those trips where it doesn't have to be to an amusement park and everything. <laughs> we're, we're not doing that anymore. Like that's, it's, we, we've, we've to the Grand you, Canyon. You graduated from that. Yeah. The big thing was we went to the, went to Sedona and the Grand Canyon and, uh, but then they were like, okay, the next thing has got to be a little bit more relaxing. Cause I'm like, let's just hike every day. <laughs> so they're like, that was hey, good. Let's they, not do that like for a couple of years. Yeah. They like hiking. Let me tell you, if you come to Asheville, you'll love it. Oh, that's it's awesome. Beautiful. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Awesome. Yeah. Well, listen, Bern, it's been a pleasure. This was awesome. I appreciate it. I'm going to um, hold on because I'm going to end the end the recording and then we can just wrap up after that. So okay. um, uh, I'm going to post your LinkedIn profile. Any other place that you want to point people to or anything like that? Uh, no, if anybody would like to connect, just certainly connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to do that. And uh, thanks so much, Jeff. Thanks so much for the opportunity. No, thanks for chatting. I, I, I don't get to go down this road. I always have theories about it. Um, so it's great to really talk with uh, somebody who can, who can bring in both sides and, and see how both can, can work well together. So uh, awesome. So let me just stop the recording.